ladies and gentlemen, Bodges, Banks and Sparks. Hijack. Hello and welcome to Bodger's Banks and Sparks. Um, first of all, we'd like to introduce ourselves. Hello, Murray. I'm John. Hi, John Murray. Nice to meet you. Very nice to see you. Hello, Murray. I'm Pete. Pete. Murray. Murray. Nice to meet you. Hello, uh, John. I'm, I'm John Sparks. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, hello, John. Nice to meet you. It's John. Yes. Ah, You'll be one of Banks? Hello. One of Banks. How do you? Murray Hunter. Nice to meet you. Right. Now, tonight, what we're going to be trying okay, to do... Okay, freeze! Everybody! Nobody move! If everyone does exactly as I say, then no one gets hurt. Okay? No. I've hijacked this radio program, and if your government does not meet with my demands, I shall start taking one person at a time and force them to watch some contemporary dance! Oh, no! I'm serious! Don't fool me! No. We've just got to wait for the media to arrive. They should be here any moment. Hi, are you the terrorist? Oh, what does it look like? All right, all right, keep your shirt on, keep your shirt on. Now look, could we get a few pictures of you and one of the hostages? Yeah, okay. Um, hostages, hostages, could you open your eyes wide, nice and wide? Show me a bit of fear. <laughs> oh, yes, that's lovely. Look, Mr. Terrorist, Mr. Terrorist, Mr. Terrorist, could you look a bit mean, please? A bit sort of angry. That's <laughs> it. Oh, yes. Who's a bad boy? You, sir, yes, you, sir, could you could you put your lips round the gun, please? Oh, that's a lot of No, enough, guys! That's enough photographs for just now. Right, I'm going to read my demand out. You may wish to take notes. I demand that somebody be brought here to explain to me exactly what's happening in the Middle East! <laughs> Good evening, this is a newsflash. I'm sorry to interrupt your usual diet of mindless junk, but reports are just reaching us that an entire cast and audience of a radio show has been hijacked by a fanatical, if somewhat confused, international relations student. <laughs> and I understand, yes, I understand we can now go over live for a statement from the American government. Uh, the position of the United States government in relation to the hijack situation is as follows. <clears throat> The American administration cannot and will not say anything of any significance whatsoever. Go see Rambo. Well, that was the American envoy with special responsibility for saying bogo. And we've, we've just heard, we've just heard that contemporary dance is now being carried out by the terrorist. We go live to the siege. Newsflash, radio newsflash. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, I do too, Nigel. Yeah. Uh, I'll see you later. Uh, sorry, sorry, yes. Uh, welcome back on this, the third minute of what is already being widely dubbed the siege. 
Uh, and I believe we'll be getting a statement from the British government at any moment. Come on, Sir Nigel, we've only got two minutes. The press are waiting. Oh, how about we, we are horrified and deeply shocked by this latest outrage? No, no, Kinnock said he was outraged. You're damn stunned. No, not strong enough. Really stunned. Utterly and absolutely stunned. What about shocked, stunned, outraged, horrified, sickened, saddened? Gobsmacked and a bloody sight more upset than anybody else. That's what we are, yes? No, 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 too long. Oh, no. And I've just heard the statement is about to be issued by the Conservative government. <clears throat> um, ladies and gentlemen of the press, roses are red, violets are blue, we hate terrorism, hope you do too. No questions. <laughs> now, I've just been joined in the studio by the Under Secretary of State for really important things. Um... <laughs> Minister, what is the situation? <laughs> I see. Um, is that the position of the Prime Minister as well? <laughs> I see. And uh, finally, what of the outcome? <laughs> Minister, thank you. <laughs> But now we go live for a message from the terrorist religious leader and guru, Mr. Rabbi Bunkers. <laughs> My children, never forget that if is the middle word of life, that eat is the middle word of death, and that icky necky <laughs> is the middle word of nicky necky no. Well, there you are, incomprehensible, but certainly fanatical. <laughs> and now, important news at the siege. We've just heard that the publicity and media attention has apparently gone to the terrorist head. We go over live to the press conference. Okay, just leave it messy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you. Thanks very much. Thanks very much. I'd now like to move things right along by doing a little song. Okay, guys. One, two, three, four. I know why Terry Wogan's famous I know what happened to the Mary Celeste I even know why the pound goes up or down But there's just one thing that's bothering me I know where you can find Lord Lucan I know God's middle name I even know why people aren't their underpants I know the German word for penis is Schwanz But there's just one thing that's bothering me What's happening in the Middle East? Who's fighting where? Who's fighting who? Who's pulling out of where? Can you put me on the right track about Iraq? Is everything fine in the Palestine? Tell me what's going on in Lebanon. Should I shed a tear for you, Zach Shamir? 
is I said all that bad Should I be a fan of Mushroom Diane? Can you tell me about Gaddafi? What's happening in the Middle East? Why the fights in the Golan Heights? Have the Jews got the blues? Who's in the wrong? Who's in the right? What is a Shiite? Tell me what's a foot in Beirut? Tell me what's a foot in Beirut? Well, thank you very much, everybody. Thank you, Mr. Terrorist. Let me introduce myself. My name is Hilda Rubenstein of Rubenstein & Rubenstein Theatrical Agents. We represent anybody in the entertainment industry at all, excepting, of course, hams. <laughs> Just a little Jewish joke for you there. Okay, I'm here to inform the press and public that we have acquired the services of the terrorist here, and he will be available for hijackings, extortion, international terrorism, and bar mitzvahs as of the end of this month. <laughs> Let me also just add that our paperback, Stick 'em Up, Anatomy of a Terrorist, will be available from all leading bookstores at a similar time. The launch party, to which ladies and gentlemen of the press are most cordially invited, will take place on the 25th, hopefully on flight 0385, Gatwick to Bahrain. <laughs> May I just say that as a goodwill gesture, we have agreed to release one of the hostages if Polydor agree to release our single. Thank you. <laughs> You splash about the hostage crisis. <laughs> and we've just been joined by one of the hostages who was released only a few moments ago. Can you tell me about your ordeal? I simply have no words for the terror. They were nightmare hours. Uh, if I could just butt in here to say that our paperback, Nightmare Hours, Story of a Survivor, <laughs> will be available from all leading bookstores shortly. Uh, and I've just been joined by, by someone else. Sorry, there's great confusion here. Uh, you are... Uh, if I could just explain, Mr. Swithers here was not actually involved in the hijacking question, but did once get strip searched at Heathrow Airport. And strip, the horrible naked bloody truth will be serialized in the news of the world as from Sunday. Thank you. Thank you. So, Mr. Swithers, what was it like? Chilly. <laughs> Thanks very much. And uh, now we're going over live for a special report from the Lebanon. Hello. Me again, Shadwell. I just pop in to do a poem. Well, this time I thought I'd do it about my girlfriend because I went out with Sean Jones on Tuesday. It was a blind date, so I didn't know what she looked like. Still don't, because she didn't turn up. <laughs> anyway, when Mrs. Gweely, one of our neighbours, heard about that, she said I could go out with her niece, Gwyneth, who's quite a bit older than me. She said that Gwyneth Gweely would bring me out of myself, so I thought I'd better wear a scarf. <laughs> we arranged to meet, and I got there first, and, and when she got there, she said, Oh, so you've arrived, Shadwell? And the strange thing was... I had arrived. <laughs> and then she said, well, shall we go to the pictures? But I went to the pictures last year, so there wasn't much point in going again, really. So she said, all right, why don't we go to the club Spunkin'? Spunkin' a go-go. So we did. In we went, and Gwyneth asked me to get her a drink, so I went up to the bar, and the man said, what'll it be? Well, 
as there were two of us, I said, double, please. <laughs> double what? Double beer. <laughs> Don't talk tup, said the man, or I'll get big mug to throw you out. What do you want to drink? So I pointed at something behind the bar, and he said, that's an ornament. <laughs> well, eventually I got a drink, and Gwyneth drank it all up and said she felt like dancing. Come on, Shadwell, she said, let's bogey. <laughs> well... I wasn't quite sure how to do the dancing, so every time a new record came on, I jumped as high as I could. I only stopped when I noticed that somebody'd been sick in the hood of my anorak. <laughs> we sat down then. Then Gwyneth said, we're doing some serious drinking tonight, so I tried to look a bit stern. And she started breathing very heavily and leaned over and said, Shadwell, you don't think I've got a moustache, do you? So I said, no, but I think you'd look very nice in one. And I tried to make a bit of light conversation. I asked her, how's your mom and dad? Still dead? <laughs> oh, they're not any better then. <laughs> and then she got up and went to the toilet. And when she came back, I said, nice and friendly. Uh, they have enough paper for you, did they? <laughs> and I don't think they did because she looked quite annoyed. <laughs> Then Gwyneth had another drink, and she said, Cheerio, Shadwell. Where are you going? No, no, Cheerio, Shadwell. So I went home. <laughs> I wrote this poem about a girl. Mary, Mary, quite a fat person. <laughs> she sat on a thing which broke. It's not very nice to laugh at her, because then she might sit on you. To teach you, wouldn't it? <laughs> Thank you very much. Bye bye then. Well, I'm sorry, that's not quite the report we were anticipating. Uh, moving on, it is widely expected now that the SAS will try to deal with the hostage crisis. We now broadcast a repeat of our award winning documentary, Donuts, the story of the SAS. <laughs> Derek joined the SAS three weeks ago. Yes, well, I couldn't get a job down the village like, and uh, everything had closed. It just seemed like a great opportunity. <laughs> the, first, the first three weeks of Derek's training can be broken down as follows. For three days and three nights, he was systematically tickled by the commanding officer. <laughs> For a week, he was deprived of food, water, and at times, even of air. Considerably weakened, he was sent on manoeuvres to Scunthorpe. Not in itself rigorous, but his penis was sent to Darlington. <laughs> he has spent the past one and a half weeks submerged in a vat of pig's offal and sheep's intestines, with his nose stapled to his bottom and his testicles gaffer taped to his forehead. No, sir. No regret, sir. No, it's great. No, I wouldn't do anything else, sir. No, this is the life for me, sir. We joined the recruits on inspection. Jones, why is there a white thread on the shoulder of your uniform, man? Because you put it there, sir. Very good. Regimental Sergeant Major, have this man taken outside and chainsawed. Thank you very much, sir. After slaughtering a carload of French tourists for parking on a double yellow line, Victor Corleone was considered simply too dangerous to continue working as a traffic warden. 
He was immediately recruited for the SAS. Yeah, good morning, men. Good morning, sir. And welcome to your last day of training. As you probably know, you're here for one reason. Your courage, your discipline, your bravery, your intelligence, and your initiative. Don't batter a jot. <laughs> you're here because you're stupid. And because Broadmoor was full. Now, there's been a slight change of plan for this week's 97-mile training run. Firstly, it's a 197-mile training run. And secondly, as you may remember, you were initially all going to be superglued together. Well, instead, you will now report to the regiment's doctor to have your legs amputated. And those of you who complete the exercise in less than 55 minutes will get your legs back. <laughs> However, anyone found on the run not wearing socks will be shot. Dismissed. It is testament to the severity of the SAS training that of the 13 new recruits, 17 have already committed suicide. <laughs> Even the regiment's pet dog threw itself under a bus rather than be patted again by the commanding officer. <laughs> Eating a burger is not as nice as hearing all the latest news about the hostage crisis. We interrupt the documentary to return to a dramatic development at the siege. We understand that the hijacker has now been hijacked himself by a second hijacker. I don't think this has ever happened before. We go back live. Okay, right, freeze. Nobody move. I'm hey, serious. Hey, hey, hey. You've got a gun. Too bloody right I've got a gun. Well, put it away. I'm trying to kidnap these people. Sorry. First come, first served. Oh, brilliant. Brilliant. Three months training in the Angolan waste. Two months needing... No, you weren't involved in the gates thwarted Angolan banana coup of 75, were you? Yeah. You're not. Ex-Lieutenant Nobby Nobson, yes. <laughs> Ex-Private Johnny No Legs, Baton Charge, Little Wispy Moustache Norbertson. No Legs! Nobby! Well, I never, eh? Me neither. How are things, eh? Well, you know, a bit enough inside, to be honest, really. Well, what with most of the work going to these Middle Eastern Johnnies these days? Look. I hope you don't think I'm being rude, but what were your demands for this lot? Well, um, to begin with, I just wanted to know what was going on in the Middle East. Well, I can tell you that. Yeah? Yes, uh, well, it's problems, isn't it? Yeah, 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 so I heard, so I heard. But no one knows specifics, you see. So I'm thinking of asking for 500,000 pounds. 500,000 pounds? Well, you've got to earn your money. I mean, do you think it's made from trees? Uh, it is, actually. Look, shut up! Still, 500,000 pounds. I was only going to ask for a hundred thousand. Oh, so that's all we're worth, is it, you cheapskate? Look, shut up, I said! Just stand there and look hijacked, will you? <laughs> look, we've got to work this one out, Nobby. I mean, we can't both have them. Well, I don't want to be hijacked by old cheapo. Yeah, yeah, let's go where the money is. Yeah, yeah. And we'll make the decisions, thank you very much. <laughs> look, I'll strike a deal with you. Yeah. You take one of them, yeah? What, kidnap? It's a bit down market, isn't it? Oh, right, what's sauce for the gooses, geese for the gas, I suppose. Okay, um, which one? I'm not going with that one. Oh, charming. I've got a very nice flat. I've got a video. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, you. Brilliant. What videos have you got? Well, I've only got one, actually. Which one? Morons from outer space. Oh. No, no, it's okay. You don't have to watch it. Right, now, come here. Sorry about this, but I've got a blindfold you so you don't know where you're going, right? Do you have to? Yeah. Right, spin you around five times and... Right! Okay, let's go. I'm taking you to my flat. Catch you later, no legs.
We now go live to the kidnapper's flat. Right. What's your parents' phone number? Oh, George, turn that radio off, man. Oh, certainly, my fictional friend. Now, on that subject, George... What is it? What subject? Phone numbers, you Yes, phone numbers. Oh, I, I have real trouble remembering my phone number. What is it? 246-8071. So what's the trouble there? Well, that's the wrong number. <laughs> the funny thing is, I have absolutely no trouble whatsoever telling people the wrong number. That's easy. But the right number, I just can't remember. Well, why don't you just memorise all the wrong ones, if that's what you find easy, and then you'll have one number left, which will be the right one. Yes. Well, either do that, or do what I do. What's that? Well, take my number, okay? 246-8026. I've worked out a way to remember it. First bit, 246, right? Right. First of all, it's a 2, then it's a 4, then it's a 6. So? Well, that's how I remember the first part. I remember it's 2, followed by 4, followed by 6. Well, it's an ingenious system, Jack. It's infallible if I remember the numbers, yeah. obviously. I mean, then... then then for the second part, I use exactly the same system. It's an eight, then a zero, then a two, and then a six. And as you say, George, it could be tricky if you forgot the numbers or say, like, got them in the wrong order or something. Oh, you see, but uh, to guard against that, I occasionally do some sums to help me, you see. Like what? Well, like, two is one plus one, then uh, 19 minus 15 is four, three times two is six. <laughs> and that's your two, four, six, you oh, see? Right, yeah, then right. 48 divided by six is eight, 3,672 minus 3,672 is zero, 1,800,000 divided by 900,000 is two, and finally just add four to that, you've got six, 8026. <laughs> oh, great idea, George, I must say. You see, I'm so sick of trying to remember it now, I, I just never bother to remember it. Oh, why ever not, man? Well, I never phoned me, really, you know, why bother? <laughs> I'm terribly sorry, Donald. I've lost the place in the script entirely. George, you dopey old guy. You see, I'm so sick of the whole thing, George. I just don't bother to remember mine at all. Well, why not, man? Well, I never phoned me. I mean, why bother? You never phoned you? Well, only very occasionally. I mean, I've lost touch, really. But it doesn't matter anyway. I don't have a phone. <laughs> You see, that's another reason why I don't bother to remember my number. <laughs> Just turn the radio back on, okay? Right. What's your parents' phone number? All oh, right, it's 246-8071. Two, four, six, eight, oh, seven, one. Hello? Ah, oh, hello, Mrs. Oh, what's your name? Simpkin. Simpkin. Now listen very carefully if you ever want to see your son again. No, I'm sorry he's not here, baby. No, 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 wait, wait. Hello? Yes, hello. It's me again. What? Me. Oh, never mind. Listen, I've got your son. You what? George, there's a young man here. Says he's got our bun. Have you lost any? No. Not bun, Mrs. Simpkins' son. Oh, that's okay. We've got another copy. I think it's the news agent's job. <laughs> Why didn't you tell me she was dead? You didn't ask. Mrs. Simpkin, listen to me. Not your S-U-N, your S-O-N, your child. Oh, no, no, no. We don't have any. They're all grown lads That's now. right. And I've got one of them. What? Luke, turn the phone round the other way. Oh, yes, that's better. <laughs> now, what is it you want, young man? I want some money. Oh, we haven't got any. Well, listen very carefully. 
You've got two hours to get some, or we'll cut off your son's nose and post it to you. So if you ever want your son to smell again, <laughs> you'd better get the money. Oh, how much do you want, young man? One hundred thousand pounds. If I don't get it, after the nose every day, we'll send you one more item. It'll be his ear, then his pinky, his index fingers, toes, legs, lips, arms, torso, and finally his buttocks. <laughs> you won't see your son complete again until next Christmas. <laughs> You'll have half of him by the summer, but not his legs. His legs and his buttocks come last. Oh, but how will he sit down? <laughs> well, I, I don't know. We'll send some cushions. Improvise. <laughs> but anyway, it won't come to that, will it? Oh well, we'll try. Oh, where are we going to get that sort of money, George, my husband? The bank. Where else, woman? Good morning. Can I help you? It's really convenient living in a bank, isn't it? <laughs> Oh, yes, please. Could you tell me how much I have in my account? Yes, indeed. Um, 73p. Oh, not £100,000 then? No. So you wouldn't have cashed me a cheque for 100000 then? Insufficient funds, I'm afraid. Oh, but my son's been kidnapped and I have to pay the ransom. Oh, well, why didn't you say so? We have a special loan facility for that sort of thing. <laughs> as long as you've got some security against the loan. Oh, we've got another son. You can have him. No, that's fine. Just sign your cheque, please. The authors would like to make it clear at this point that this sort of thing does not happen in real life. It is merely a dramatic device in order to speed along the story. And in relation to the kidnap, we hear that time is running out for the hostage. Right. The money's not here. Cut his nose off and send it to her, my recently introduced evil assistant. Okay, boss. <laughs> Hello? Mrs. Simkin? Yes? A parcel for you. Oh, my God, they've done it. It must be his nose. But the package is six feet long, woman. Oh, God, it was a bit cramped in there. What happened, son? Well, they got mixed up. They sent me and kept the nose. Hello? Ah, oh, uh, hello, Mrs. Simkin. Uh, we've just, we've just, uh, realised the mistake. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a cock-up in our front, really. Um, so you've got your son back, then? In one piece? Mostly. Yeah, mostly. Mostly, obviously. Um, now, just to say that we do still have the nose. Um, now, obviously, our bargaining position is somewhat down, uh, and I do admit that £100,000 is a bit excessive for just the nose. Um, so I'm willing to negotiate. Yes? Let's say uh, 75p. Done. Right, the nose is on its way. And news has just reached us that the kidnap is over. The hostage is safe and well, but is rumoured to be having difficulty keeping his glasses on. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not quite sure what that means. Uh, and I've just heard that the SAS are storming the studio. Wait a minute, wait a minute. It was only a joke. We didn't really hijack their show. No. No. Oh, oh, I love a happy ending. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to Bodgers, Banks and Sparks with the Bodgers, who are Murray Hunter, Johnny No Name, Gordon Kennedy, Pete Bakey and Moana Banks and John Sparks. Written by Murray Hunter and John Doherty, Moana Banks and John Sparks. Music by Pete Bakey, produced by Alan Nixon.